Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Stars could shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see It's time to express yourself, where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. We have all known the long loneliness and we have learned that the only solution is love and that love comes with community. And that is from Dorothy Day. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Brigitte Gia and today's theme is the gift of community. And I'm Katie Chu. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. Please visit www.bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation and get more information about how you too can be part of our mission to increase literacy and positive message media. Be The Star You Are needs your donations to help us help those in distress by providing books and other resources. Please donate today at bethestarur.org, and you can even donate through PayPal Giving Fund with no fees. Alrighty, so for this show, we will start off by reading a chapter by our very own reporter and host, Joven Hundle, from the upcoming book Be the, of the book. Be the Star You Are series, Be the Star You Are for Millennials, celebrating gifts of positive voices in a changing digital world. Jovan Hundle is a sophomore attending high school in Turlock Central Valley, and though he has hosted Express Yourself Teen Radio and interned for a startup, uh, which is Kinplex uh, Incorporated, with hundreds of thousands in funding, he considers his greatest accomplishment to be almost getting on Jeopardy. <laughs> and we're about to read The Gift of Community by Joven Hundle. So here we go. My older sister was born in Chicago, where my parents resided for the latter half of the 1990s. I, on the other hand, was born and raised in California's Central Valley. What I enjoyed the most as a kid living in a rural town was the openness. Far more free reign to explore than I would have had if I grew up in a big city. My family regularly took advantage of this wide open space through one of our favorite pastimes, Weather permitting, my father, sister, and I would go for a bike ride at least twice a week. When I still had training wheels, we would travel on a paved path that took us through the heart of our town. And once I graduated to a two-wheeled bike, we were able to venture everywhere. After many excursions, we found our favorite destination, a canal that irrigated many surrounding farms. The canal could be followed all the way to neighboring towns and could even lead us to a point so high I swore I could see our house. As the canal diverged a few times, our adventures would differ depending on which side we chose. For example, we could leave the canal along one path and start following the nearby road. 
this road will lead us to a rail- railroad after only a few minutes. I sometimes looked up the times the train would be crossing, and upon arriving slightly beforehand, we would lay down a few coins, watch them get flattened, and then take them home to occupy a special spot in my bargaining coin collection. Another one of the paths led us to a relatively straightforward area perfect for having races. One day we decided to ride at a different time, late afternoon. On our route, we found an elderly man walking and stopped to talk to him as my dad recognized him from the town's Gurdwara, or Sikh temple. He explained to us that he walked the same path along the canal every day and had been doing so for years now. Every morning, he would check the Turlock Journal, or Modesto B, to learn what time sunset would be what time sunset would be that day, and begin his walk exactly two, ho- two hours beforehand. We soon decided to tailor the time we biked and the paths we took to meet him whenever we could. Over time, we got to know this man a little better. We learned that his wife had died almost a decade ago, and it was really after that incident that he would take this walk on such a consistent basis. He had been a devout Sikh his entire life, and eventually began sharing something aspiring from a scripture he had read earlier each day. These stories and lessons he taught us through the Sikh doctrine have stuck with me throughout all these years. It was through him that I learned the history of my people, including our persecution by other religious groups and our steadfast goals in spite of discrimination. I learned the key values of Sikhism, ranging from charity and inclusion to inner reflection. What strikes me most about this man is not what he taught us or what we've learned about him, what we didn't know about him. Outside of a few isolated instances at our temple, we would only ever see him at the canal. Even though we did not know much about him and vice versa, he always took the time to communicate with us. He became the representation of what community means to me. We help one another in our own special way. I am ashamed to say that as I was growing up, I never fully understood how lucky I was to have him there. His wealth of knowledge on the ways of the world significantly contributed into shaping who I am today, and I'm extremely grateful. Whether it is bad news on the television or a family issue, I've been able to turn to my faith to guide me through hard times. I can attribute much of my understanding of my faith to this man. Now, as a teen, I've had less and less time to bike on that path. But regardless if I am there or not, I know that he will be there, waiting for the sunset, full of inspiring stories, sharing his wisdom with someone else from the community. Alrighty, and now we have an activity from Joven, which is titled, Take a Look. Here we go. You live in a big city or a small town. Consider constants in your life that are unique to your community. Is the baker always up early making today's treats? Does the mailman smile and wave at you every day when he makes his rounds? Do, you, do your friends join you daily from opposite parts of town? Regardless of how trivial these events may seem, they all reflect the people, places, and proceedings of your special community. Start actively looking for more instances of community involvement, especially with people you don't know. Leave home earlier or take a different route the next day to discover your environs. No matter what people are doing, they, like you, make up your community. If it takes a village to raise a child, it takes a nation to build that village and a world to found that nation. And now we have a quote. The greatness of a community is most accurately measured by the compassionate actions of its members by Coretta Scott King. So we had 
you know, a great chapter by Jovan Hundle that really kind of talks about his personal understanding of community with this man that he meets by biking, right? And I don't know, for myself, I guess I would share what he said about being ashamed about not really having, you know, considered my community as much as I could have been or really thinking about it that often and understanding how lucky I am to be in my community. What was your opinion of the chapter, Bridget? Uh, well, I, I definitely thought it was a lovely chapter and it really highlighted a lot of the elements of what we hold dear, you know, about our communities. And I think I can definitely relate to what Joven said about, you know, noticing the small things in your community. And it is such a shame that we don't get to take as much notice of what's going on around us as we would like to. And so, you know, when I'm going to and from school every day, uh, I take the bus, I take the bus and uh, every single morning I go at a certain time. So I'm able to see the bus driver and <laughs> I, I don't know his yeah. name. I need to ask him, but you know, every morning we <laughs> nod at each other. We say, you know, how are you? How's your day going? And that is an element of community that I find to be very special. And I see yeah. paralleled in Joven's chapter. And then I think another really nice one, um, just an instance that I'm pulling off the top of my head is uh, my interactions with uh, some of the cafeteria staff at my school. So every morning, uh, because I don't have time to eat breakfast in the morning before the bus comes, uh, I head to school. And recently, just this year, my school Mm -hmm. opened up a small bar, a small breakfast bar. It's very, very uh, good-hearted of, kind-hearted of the cafeteria members to open up this bar because it serves hungry children. And every morning I get an oatmeal and an omelet and I get to talk to the staff member operating the bar. And there is two wonderful ladies who I talk to every morning and they, I feel, are a part of my community. And I love speaking with them, finding out about what's going on in their lives. I think one of the one of the lovely ladies had uh, has a son who is a rising sophomore, so I get to yeah. hear about that. <laughs> and I think one aspect of community that we forget about is that day to day interaction with someone else that Joven spoke about, and I think that's really important. Uh, and so, Katie, you know, what about you? Are there any instances that you've found striking um, within your community, or any interactions that you'd like to share? I think, you know, when I was younger, it was something I really didn't think about much at all. But as I kind of grew older and, you know, in school, we read these books about sort of small towns and you are taught about culture. And I started finding myself wanting that kind of little community um, feeling and having, you know, your own sense of belonging in that community. And then we moved in about seventh grade and the neighborhood we moved to had this tradition and it was basically for almost every single holiday, like for 4th of July, everyone would get together. And on Christmas, we would light up lanterns. We, you know, cut out along the entire street and we would share all kinds of things. And right now, like when, when I drive home from school, the neighbor's dogs come out to meet me, you know, (laughs) instead of like just staying at home, they'll run out of the garage and come see me as I open my door. And it's just, there's some, I, I think with community, a big thing is just feeling like you belong in that spot and that it's something 
just that you have and you know that it's special to the people you know in that area and to you. Absolutely. I think there's that that connection that you make and you, you establish a link with another kindred spirit. And that's exactly what it is, is all of these different little links build up into one large circle of people who you've interacted with and who you've connected with in your community. Well, thank you so much, Katie, for this wonderful discussion and loved reading Joven's chapter. It's, it's marvelous. It reminded me of what my community gave to me and I loved hearing about his own community as well. Listeners, be sure to support our show and these amazing segments by donating to the Be The Star You Are charity that brings you this program. We have lots of fun events coming up, so check out bethestarur.org and follow our blog. And a shout out of gratitude to Michael Verbrugge Construction, who is sponsoring the Be The Star You Are booth at the local Moraga Fair. Very excited. Thank you very much. I'm Brigitte Gia. And I'm Katie Chu. Be The Star You Are founder and Express Yourself producer, Cynthia Bryan, has just authored a brand new book, Growing With The Goddess Gardener. It's now available at CynthiaBryan.com slash online dash store with 25% of proceeds benefiting Be The Star You Are and Express Yourself. Watch our fun and informative videos at YouTube.com slash Be The Star You Are. Keep listening as we discuss the gift of community. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to our uplifting and inspiring program. I'm Katie Chu, and you're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network, brought to you by the Be The Star You Are charity. Today's show is centered around the gift of community. And I'm Brigitte Gia. Today, we have an incredible guest on, someone who is very dear to our founder, Cynthia Bryan, and to Be The Star You Are, and of course, to the rest of the world. This is Dr. Bernie Siegel. So Bernie is a retired surgeon, and he's the founder of ECAP, which stands for Exceptional Cancer Patients. And he's also the beloved author of numerous books, including Love, Medicine, and Miracles, and Love, Animal and Mir- Animals, and Miracles, which offer inspirational recounts of true experiences of connection, healing, love, rescue, and gratitude. The personal relationship that Be The Star You Are founder Cynthia Bryan has with Bernie dates back to the the miracle experienced on the deathbed of her father, an incredible story that we will definitely be coming back to in this segment. 
Just as Bernie has touched Cynthia's life, he has affected the lives of many, many others. He began talking about patient empowerment in 1978 and continues to assist in the breaking of new ground in the field of healing today. He was named one of the top 20 spiritually influential living people on the planet by the Watkins Review, and he and Cynthia J. Hearn co-authored Love, Animals, and Miracles, Inspiring True Stories, Celebrating the Healing Bond, which is a 2015 release, and it recounts stories of remarkable relationships with animals and moments of connection and healing observed in others. With that, let's go ahead and welcome Bernie right onto the show. Hi, Bernie. Thank you. You've made me think of many things. Um, (laughs) For one, you know, that I I had, in a sense, to learn. I grew up with loving parents and grandparents who I don't have time to tell you all these stories, but (laughs) literally saved my life because my mother was very sick and wasn't supposed to become pregnant. And it was a horror what she told me that she had to go through and uh, that I survived it all. But because I was loved, I didn't know what other children were going through. You meet somebody in high school with a black eye and say, what happened? Oh, I fell off my bike. No, what happened was his alcoholic father smacked him in the head last night, but he doesn't want to talk about it. And two things really touched me. One was a young woman in my office who was suicidal, you know, a teenager like you, and she said to me, you're my CD. I said, what are you talking about? I'm a CD. She said, you're my chosen dad. And so that's what I started doing is telling people, I'll be your father. I may not like what you're doing, but I love you. And I can tell you, well, it's, it's easier for me to tell true stories about people I know. Um, my answering machine. This was a few years ago. Hello. My father sexually abused me. I have a brain tumor. I want to be dead. Do you have Jack Kevorkian's phone number? I called her up. I said, Becky, I want you to know I love you and I'll be your chosen father. You're a child of God. And Becky is alive today, chose a new name to start a new life. And it was fascinating. She picked Rose, which was my mother's name. (laughs) But I always say, Becky sends me a Father's Day card before our five children do. You know, that kind of connection. And I learned, well, even sitting in, in grade school, fourth and fifth graders, you know, children come up and say, will you be my father? Oh, it breaks my heart. I mean, why am I there reading them stories? But I learned in high school after seeing how many kids literally have considered suicide. I said, OK, here's your homework for tonight. And I was invited as a guest by teachers. I mean, they were shocked by things I did. You know, and some would yell, don't do that because now they'll go home and kill them. I said, watch what happens. I say, bring in a suicide note, no no name on it. Just write it. And then write yourself a note about why we should love you, why you're worth loving. And bring that in, no name. And when the kids would come in, I'd say, okay, left side suicide, right side love. And then they'd look because... Any high school student will tell you the suicide pile will be four or five times higher than the love pile. But what happened is the suicide rate actually goes down because they start talking to each other and the classroom becomes therapeutic, not a place where you lie. And and one study done of Harvard students, think what your answer would be. Did your parents <laughs> love you when you were a child? 
goodness. If they said yes, at middle age, 24% had suffered a major illness. If they said no, 98% had suffered a major illness. Now, who can reparent you? It's all the authority figures. You know, when I meet people who say, oh, I remember my fourth grade teacher. It's like, what? How do you remember <laughs> fourth grade? But, you fought, well, here's a true story. You're told in first grade to draw a picture. You draw one. Teacher comes over and she's going around the room, looks at your picture and says, tents aren't purple. That's the color for people who are dying. We're not hanging your picture on the wall with everybody else's. Oh. Second grade. Everybody draw a picture. And this is from a little booklet that the woman wrote when she was in her 50s. I left my paper blank. Mr. Barter came over, put his hand on my shoulder and said, the snowfall, how clean and white and beautiful. He changed. Her life with that comment and she wrote a book about it called purple and that's what we can all do for each other i mean that wow. absolutely um, yeah that is that's and the violence beautiful. we're seeing today well this came from um east of eden john steinbeck yes to write fiction this may sound crazy but if you want to find the truth read poetry read novels because they're watching the world and writing about it, you see. Absolutely. They tell you the truth. And he said, we all experience rejection. With rejection comes a desire for revenge. With revenge, guilt. And there is the story of mankind. And that's the headline, see. You reject it at home, you get your gun, and you go kill somebody, and then you end up being killed also, and it's all over. Um, Alice Miller, psychologist, a childhood is stored up in our bodies, and though we can repress it, we can never alter it. Our feelings can be manipulated, but sometime the body will present its bill, for it is as incorruptible as a child who, while still whole in spirit, will not stop tormenting us, and it will not stop evading the truth. And... You know, when I began to talk years ago about and say to people, what's going on in your life? Right. Doctors would say to me, why are you blaming your patients? I said, what are you talking about? Well, if you ask them in their life, you're making them feel like it's their fault. No, it's to make them aware of what's happening in their life. And this, I can tell you and everyone of every age, next time you have a problem, say to yourself, how would I describe this problem? What word would I use? See, one woman who had cancer said to me, failure. I said, how does that fit your life? She said, well, I, my body failed. I said, that's not my question. How does it fit your life? Oh, my parents committed suicide when I was a child. I must have been a failure as a child. Oh, so goodness. You help heal lives, and then healing occurs, too. It's not an accident. You know, everybody has a story when they don't die when they're supposed to about what they did. So I'd say to every kid growing up, the biblical line, he who seeks to save his life will lose it. What does that mean? Hey, mom and dad, and again, I don't make up any of these stories. I'm going to be a violinist in an orchestra. No, you're going to be a lawyer. We can't be proud of somebody playing a violin. Well, he became a lawyer. Then he learned he has cancer. 
What does he do? He closes his office, got a job in an orchestra, and doesn't die when he's supposed to. So he's he, living he the life. Save his life will lose it. He was willing to lose his life and save it. And I'd say to every kid, if it's not your authentic life, lose it. Here's another quote in the letter. My mother told me I was a failure and I embarrassed her. She dressed me in dark clothes where nobody would notice me. My mother's words were eating away at me and maybe gave me cancer. When she got cancer, she went out. <laughs> I'm laughing because the first time I met her, I got a headache looking at her. She was <laughs> dressed in an iridescent red dress that I couldn't oh, figure out how could the family let her wear it. Um, it gave me a headache. But when I read the letter, it said, I went out and bought a red dress and red high heel shoes. And then I was in love with the dress. And again, did she go and die? No. And anytime I'm speaking near where she lives, and I know she's come, I always say, please stand up and she'll have a red dress on. And I tell the story. But she said, you gave me permission to become my authentic self. And what I would say to every child, you don't need permission to be your authentic self. You're a child of God. That's what I told Becky when she said, you know, about Kevorkian's number. I said, you're a child of God. You know, why do you want to do this to yourself? And um, it, it's to get them to know that there's something special about them. And it's work. We have five children and, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I really feel that we should be taught how to be parents. You don't right. need classes you need parenting classes you know <laughs> yeah then you know how to bring your kids up because uh, one of ours said to me you don't love me as much as my brothers and sister I said what are you talking about you have five kids which you each get 20% of your time I said your brother Jeffrey gets 40% because he's driving us out of our mind <laughs> See, I give him a lot of courage for speaking up to me and I'll tell you why because He's in the last bedroom at the end of the hall <laughs> because he's a wonderful, sweet kid. I don't have to worry about what he's doing when the door's shut. Where's his brother? His brother has a room right off the kitchen. So we always know what he's doing and what's going on. But he could interpret it as they don't love me. Look where they put me. Right. Thank God right. he spoke up, yeah. you know. And that's what we all need to do. Speak up. Understand each other. Uh, have what I call, you know, those messages like, Dad, you're not in the operating room now. Um, it, it's, it's ways of, um, well, one, some people had, had a pin. I used to give it to people with the word attitude. And the family, they go over, grab the pin and say, hey, straighten out your attitude. You see, so again, you weren't saying you're a horrible person. It was a way of saying, hey, your behaviors are not good. And noise too. You know, I was asked, are you going to get a divorce? I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> you yell all the time. I said, yeah, I don't like what's going on here. So I make noise. But I Fresh. love you and I love your mother. And he said, oh, the neighbors are getting divorced. And they yelled. But, <laughs> you know, they had to learn. Noise right. didn't mean we don't love each other. It meant we don't like how we're being treated. So we all had the right to speak up. And I can Definitely. tell you. Great That's really good advice. Brittany, I'm going to have to cut you off real quick because we're running out of time for this segment. But okay. we will be continuing these stories in the next portion of the show. So audience, please make sure to stay on as we'll be continuing our interview with <laughs> Bernie in the next segment. 
Make sure to visit our radio site at expressyourselfteenradio.com for photos, descriptions, links, blogs, and more. I'm Katie Chu. I'm Brigitte Gia. Learn more about Bernie's work at Bernie Siegel, spelled B-E-R-N-I-E-S-I-E-G-E-L-M-D.com. If you are a fan of baseball and live in Northern California, Be the Star You Are has also been chosen as the nonprofit of the night for the June 15th baseball game between the Oakland A's and the Los Angeles Angels. Tickets are tax deductible and discounted to only $34 for second tier field seats. So please make sure you visit our charity site at bethestarur.org slash events to buy your discounted tickets today and support our charity. Stay right here with us as we continue our discussion on the gift of community. Show the world your smile. Be the star you are. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life changing programs at Be the Star You Are Radio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. We're staying with us here at Voice America Kids. I'm Brigitte Gia, and our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. For this edition of Express Yourself, we are continuing our hour on the gift of community. It, it and I'm, one of the things when we took the break, you said, you know, we're running out of time. And I always use that as a wonderful closing because we're all going to run out of lifetime someday. And to yeah. really enjoy the time that you have. Right. Yeah. Well, Bernie, I'm going to stop you just there for a second. I do want to talk just a little about your you know, history of, and what you did. Right. So I'm Katie Chu. <laughs> Back with us today, of course, is Bernie in the segment who we were talking to earlier in, uh, in today's show. And he was born in Brooklyn, New York. In 1978, Bernie originated Exceptional Cancer Patients, a specific form of individual and group therapy based on carefrontation, a safe, loving, therapeutic confrontation. And in 1989, he retired from practice as a surgeon to start really speaking to patients and their caregivers. He realized that we all need help dealing with the difficulties of life, as he talked a lot about in the previous segment. And with this realization, he authored many books, including Love, Medicine, Miracles, Prescriptions for Living, and Help Me to Heal. Some of his more recent works, such as Love, Animals, and Miracles, is one that he co-authored with Cynthia J. Hearn. 
And Cynthia Jane Hearn is the co-author of Nobody Left Behind and The Art of Healing and currently lives in England. So their book, Love, Animals, and Miracles, recounts stories of remarkable relationships with animals and moments of connection and healing observed in others. And with Bernie's guidance, readers really get that bird's eye view of what's what's happening in these relationships and how animals enrich lives, give hope, teach lessons to live by, increase a sense of gratitude, and help humans or other animals survive, connecting us all to the miracle of creation. So now that the audience has gotten a much better idea of your amazing work, Bernie, please continue I will. what you were talking it's, about. Yes. <laughs> we, you know, in that book, Love, Animals, and Miracles, I talk about the Seagull Zoo. Mm-hmm. Um, because you wouldn't believe what our home was like. Um, we have, now we're talking about an acre and a half. People My say, goodness. you want a farm? I said, no. We got a house on an acre and a half. Got a lot of land. (laughs) So the ducks and geese and goats didn't get away. In the house, we had all kinds of creatures because the veterinarians used to give us things that people didn't want. You know, they buy some fancy exotic pet like a kinkajou. You probably don't even know what that is. But, you know, we'd say, yeah, yeah, we'll take it. It's sort of like a cross between a monkey and a raccoon. Um, (laughs) mice, gerbil, hamsters running loose in the house, and everybody had a name. So if you saw a mouse running across the floor, you didn't get upset. It was a family member. (laughs) It was Bobby or Dad. (laughs) Bedrooms so that um, chameleons were living in them. Uh, It's called the Jackson's Chameleon. They would climb up and they lived in the trees that were in the kids' bedrooms. But what was the result? Something Schweitzer tried to teach a reverence for life. Absolutely. Right? And Not I want to... W- reading. And here's a test question for you, really. Tomorrow you go out and there was a rainy night. So there were worms on the sidewalk. What do you do when you come up to the worm? Pick them up and you place them <laughs> in their natural... Or I, I always, when I see these worms, I do feel really bad because they've been displaced. And so I think maybe... Right. The kind-hearted thing to do would be to place them back in their homes, right? Is that what you do? So, yeah, I think I'd try to bring them back into right. the dirt yes. so that they wouldn't dry up. <laughs> yes. that's. I've been doing that for so many years, I thought I was just neurotic. Because, <laughs> when you, you know, we have dogs all the time, you're walking them, and you, you'd be amazed at how many worms I pick up ah. sometimes in the morning. There's that, but there's I that so walking by. And I read Albert Schweitzer a year or so ago, and I thought, you're not crazy. Because Schweitzer said, if you go out after the rain and you see a worm, pick it up and put it back on the earth. And if you see an insect in a puddle, give it a leaf to climb on. See, all life. If we all grew up like that, and our kids did. I mean, they would yell at me if I wanted to swat a bee in the house. They'd say, open the door and let it out. Don't kill it. And it's incredible, you know, how sensitive and gentle they were because they grew up with that. And let me share one other thing that really touched my heart. When you grow up with love, see, everything in our house was hatched in an incubator. All these birds of all kinds. So they all thought our children were their parents because the first thing they saw when they popped out of the egg was our kids. (laughs) Now imagine you're going to school in the morning. And the school bus pulls up and you start to get on. What do you think the ducks and geese did? 
they followed our jump on the school bus and go to school. And I mean, the bus drivers, thank goodness, didn't get you know mad at me or our kids. (laughs) They got a kick out of it too, and they would you know push them off, and off the bus would go. And of course, in the afternoon, the ducks and geese would be standing in the street waiting for the kids to come home. But what touched my heart, you see, they were family. My parents lived on a lake, so when we got so many ducks and geese hatched, we couldn't keep them anymore. We would just release them on my, on the lake near my parents' house. First, we let a bunch go. The phone rang the next day. My mother said, I have a question for you from the neighbors. What is it? Why did the ducks and geese come out of the water and walk a half a mile up to the road when a school bus appears? I said, <laughs> It breaks my heart. They're looking for children. But, Goodness. Oh, my well, God. You know, uh, that relationship and love, you know, and that's what we need to bring into everybody's life. And I may add, statistics show, whether it's heart attack, cancer, all kinds of things, if you've got pets at home, you will live a longer, healthier life. And it isn't just pets. It's family and relationships. And bring up boys to have relationships. See, most men will say, I can't work, what's the point of living? And they have a family sitting around them. And the mothers will say, oh, I can't die till you're all married and out of the house. There, but there's a point you for them. you got to take care of yourself, too, because I see a lot of mothers die when the kids do leave home. Well, why not have your own life? So always think of yourself. You can be your own parent as well as a parent of your children. And I have to tell you one story about animals. It's not in the book. Uh, this family came in with the mother who had cancer, and they said, my mother has 12 cats. Her house stinks. We don't even visit her. We'll get rid of the cats. I know she needs all the treatment for cancer and chemotherapy. And I said, no. They said, what do you mean, no? I said, you get rid of the cats. Your mother's dead. You tell your mother there is no one who wants 12 cats. And then you go in there, you clean her house, and you keep it clean. And I always think of that family coming in the office years later, smiling at me with a thank you, because once mama heard nobody wants 12 cats, she couldn't die. And I'm crazy, but it's again, life is about relationships and the animals have more to teach us. Uh, You know, they're just classical teachers about caring, loving and forgiving. You know, one of our, we had a, a house rabbit, and I brought a new dog in and kept them apart for about 10 days, and then I thought they know each other and it's safe, but it wasn't. The dog's name was Furphy, and, and Smudge was the rabbit's name, and he grabbed her and shook her up and really wounded her. And, oh, I felt awful. But two things. One, I could work on her wounds. I mean, I, I took her to a veterinarian, but... As a surgeon at home, I would take care of her wounds, and she would lick my hand. I knew that meant you're hurting me. She didn't bite my finger. She licked my hand. It was incredible. And then I would go out, and I would bring her in when it grew dark. Uh, mm-hmm. Even though it's a fenced-in area, I worried about her. Um, right. But she would always run around the yard and not let me pick her up. And one oh. night, I said to her in my mind, because you can talk to animals, mm-hmm. um, that's a whole other field of animal communication. But quietly in your mind, you talk to them. And I said, why don't you let me bring you in? And she said, you don't treat the cats that way. I said, <laughs> I don't worry about them. They can protect themselves, but you can't. And from then on, she let me bring her in. Except one night, wow. 
I went out and I couldn't find her anywhere in the front yard. And I'm calling her name. And then I saw the dog, Furphy, lying on the ground. So I went over to pet him. And as I was petting him, I noticed she was lying underneath him to hide herself from me. But what impressed me was how forgiving she was. Right. He bit her, he wounded her, and now he's her friend and allowing her to stay out later because I can't yeah. see her. That, that's why I say the animals are such wonderful teachers. You know, if we could forgive right. like that, oh, what a difference. And, yeah, uh, the world would turn smoother, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, one of our dogs developed a malignant melanoma, and the vet said, while you're here with this visit, why don't we just put him to sleep? Because I've never seen a dog this sick recover. I said, I've got to tell our children. So I called home, and all the kids were on the phone. They said, no, you don't put your patients to sleep. You're not putting Oscar to sleep. Bring him home. giving him up. <laughs> yeah, so I brought him home, and I did what they told, you know, said to me. You know, you don't treat your patients that way, so don't treat him that way. Treat him like one of your patients. So I started loving him, massaging him, sharing my meals on the floor with him, petting him. And I noticed something. Instead of dying in a couple of weeks, he was walking around the house. I thought, well, <laughs> I don't incredible. know. He him out with the other dogs. He lived for over three years with no sign of the cancer. And the veterinarian, he, it blew his mind. He would always say to me, I can't believe it. I've never seen a dog that sick recover. I can't believe it. But it shows you, again, what the love and the touch did to him. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, and the animals know to speak up when they want it. Um, that, yeah. that is absolutely incredible. I think uh, we all need to learn from the way you place intrinsic value in these animals. And oftentimes we see that imbalance. We see humans treating flies a certain way and dogs a certain way. But I think that the lesson to be learned from this wonderful conversation we've had is that every single living organism has an intrinsic value and we need to treat them as such. We need to treat them as separate entities. Well, Bernie, this has been an amazing conversation, truly inspirational. And thank you so much for joining us today. You know, I honestly, I could sit here and listen for hours and hours. If you ever have questions you want me to answer, send them ahead of time. Because you call this a conversation, but I never stop talking. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We couldn't stand to interrupt you. Your conversation was so wonderful. Um, Well, audience, check out Bernie's work at www.berniesegelmd.com. And during the break, make sure to visit our 501c3 literacy and positive media charity site at bethestarur.org. I'm Brigitte Gia. And I'm Katie Chu. Be sure to visit www.expressyourselfteenradio.com for more information about our show. When we come back, we'll be returning to our discussion on the gift of community. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. 
Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back. Thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. I'm Katie Chu on Express Yourself, and today's hour focuses around the gift of community. In this next segment, we have Katie with our wonderful uh, theme, and she'll be enlightening us on community from a career perspective with another installation of her segment, Aim to Shoot. Hi, Katie. Hi, everyone. So we've really kind of explored the theme of community in the earlier segments with you know, someone who's worked with a lot of people and understands the benefits of helping one another and interacting with animals and other people. And we also had that great chapter by Hoven that or Joven that really, you know, showed the personal experiences that define community for all of us. But I wanted to take a look at the careers that have connections to community and really explore how the careers we choose and the work we do in our fields or jobs can have a huge impact on community. You know, though, for a lot of us, our contributions start with maybe senior service hours in high school. They clearly continue beyond high school. And as we learn in high school and, you know, in middle school and in education, without a doubt, volunteering and working for nonprofits is a very direct and clear way to work with your community and contribute to the environment around you, especially since nonprofits often work with other organizations and groups around them for all kinds of community programs. And they interact with residents of that community on a regular basis. It's for this reason that nonprofits and volunteering comes to mind for a lot of people when they first think of community-focused careers. But there, you can definitely contribute to your community directly and indirectly without necessarily having to volunteer, although volunteering is always a great way to spend free time and amazing commitment on um, anyone's behalf. But there are definitely other options. For example, one is working for the government. So we, at the national level, there are so many organizations. For example, the Partnership for Sustainable Communities brings the EPA, the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development, and the U.S. Department of Transportation together to focus on creating sustainable and equitable cities. And then at state and local levels, we have many agencies that run programs for specific areas and regions, and employees of these agencies and organizations are constantly working to bring back bring more back to their communities and improve living conditions and programs in their regions. But if you aren't really someone who wants to work in government, you can definitely play a huge role in community growth by just being part of a corporation. 
for a lot of people, the title corporation takes on the image of domination and may only seem to address at most economic issues. But there are so many corporations that take a really strong interest in their communities. And they try to fund local organizations, encourage volunteering. Some have highly developed programs like IBM's Smarter Cities Challenge and GAP's This Way Ahead, which is a job training and leadership development program. So a lot of large cooperation, corporations and companies really try to give back to their community by you know, creating such programs or just funding a lot of um, lot of organizations or maybe nonprofits in that area. I know that the company where my, you know, dad works, the company frequently donates large sums of money to education. And I asked him one day, I was like, oh, what what in what makes the company really want to invest so much in education? And what he said was that since their company is beginning to use innovative techniques and radical ideas in their services, they need future employees that are as equally creative and informed and innovative as the current workers are to improve and push forward the company in whatever world comes in the future. And Absolutely. I thought, yeah. I know, it, that, oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead, please. I was going to mention, yeah, a lot of the, my dad also, uh, he works for Salesforce and yeah. they, they do the same thing. You know, it's just this amazing, like nonprofit um, yeah. sector kind of, or like area that these new tech companies are doing, or these, these new larger companies are just putting so much money into nonprofits and into helping their community and helping others. And I think it's just yeah. beautiful. So yeah. Out of 10, your, your dad's company, yeah. amazing. No, I, I really do think, I mean, I'm sure there are some companies out there that do it for their profit, you know, to get their name out. But also, you know, they do it because whatever helps our communities, our society really does end up pushing forward our future, right? You know, if we, it may seem like such a minor thing to maybe help educate elementary schoolers today, but that's really where education starts. And and on like an individual yeah. level too, it's yeah, exactly. so important and, and so significant to them. Mm-hmm. And something like education, it's not helping just one area, but it's helping everyone. And, you know, that's what com- community is about, having everyone move forward together and work together. But there are just so many ways to really kind of work with community and play a role in that growth by just, you know, by just having any kind of career, really. It doesn't just have to be, you know, nonprofit or you don't have to specifically work in a social enterprise or some kind of community development institution, although all of those organizations are amazing for everything that they do and for contributing so much back to the community. But there are so many ways to kind of work with community. We see, we saw Bernie and in the last segment, he was a surgeon, but look at what he's doing now, right? Uh, but definitely, another, I, yeah. Absolutely, I was gonna say another approach to it. He's taking so many approaches to structuring his community and making sure that everybody within it feels loved. And right. I think even if you're working for as you said, a corporation, they're they're funneling money into local economies. And then uh, 
one one really interesting thing actually that happened a while back um, in Indiana, they were going to the government state government was going to uh, put in legislation that was discriminative and you know just generally very prejudiced against uh, certain communities, certain parties, and what a lot of the bigger tech corporations did was they banded together and they signed this agreement saying we are not going to put offices manufacturing anything we're not going to invest uh or we're not going to establish centers in indiana yeah if you put in this discriminatory legislature and they were able to stop it and they were able to specifically stop the lgbtqia plus community from being targeted and so i i just thought that was beautiful and yeah that's corporations you know they have this power and they can harness it towards the greater good right i mean anything that really targets these groups is something that we're trying to get over (laughs) we're trying to work toward a place where any group can exist and anyone can be whoever they want to be and honestly career or every every kind of field in the career field and every kind of work really does play a role in that it's not just not just education and not just you know the biggest i mean obviously the corporations there had such a huge role in doing that and thank (laughs) thank the you know thank the world for them but um you know, even even high schoolers can contribute to it if you're a doctor or if you're a lawyer or if you're just, if you're a part of, you know, a small store or if you're part of the biggest store in your area, it doesn't matter. You can really still play a huge role in all of this and creating a better place for people and a safer place for all kinds of communities. Absolutely. I think so much happens on this this micro level on the individual scale uh, mm-hmm. that we as individuals can really do a lot in the way of uh, spreading our community out and spreading the love within our communities. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Katie, for that wonderful segment. It was great to learn about some of the careers that can be gone into if you want to establish community or further your community. Uh, with that, it is time to say farewell. Uh, we give our thanks to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be the Star You Are, and our wonderful Voice America Kids crew, especially our engineer, A-Rod. Thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world, and thank you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. I'm Brigitte Gia. And I'm Katie Chu. You have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. For info on our creative community, go to our main site at www.bethestarur.org. Until next week, remember, be kind, be a part of your community, and be here. Speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines if you would let yourself